I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. From Barangaroo Studios, this is the COB, brought to you by eToro. Invest in ASX shares with $0 commission. Good afternoon. Hello, hello. This is the COB, all the stuff you need to know about the day in business and markets, maybe a little bit about the week that was as well. Absolutely. I'm Danny Okuye, and we're going to have a great next 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, because look, I was really pleasantly just surprised to see that we held on to some of the earlier gains and in fact picked up a little bit of momentum. So you can see when I was getting off air, Danny, earlier at uh, 11 a.m. I was thinking, oh, is everything yeah, going started, south? starting to dip when yeah. um, that fair wage announcement came out. Um, but it really has been, I think, a case of the debt ceiling being approved in the Senate that has given a lift to all the commodity-based um, companies. So the big miners. Yeah gold, lithium, they're all running this afternoon. I was also having a chat earlier um, about China data. So I said, hey, wait a minute, everybody's putting some of this enthusiasm in commodity markets down to that uh, Shaishin Services PMI that came out yesterday, whereas the day before the manufacturing PMI was all bad news. <laughs> and they said, ha ha, that's because there's now increasing expectations that China will come to the fore with stimulus. Yeah, it's going to be a stimulus story. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, also putting a rocket under some of those sectors that we're keeping our eye on. We'll get there in just a moment. I just thought it was worthwhile to touch upon some of the key themes. And you mentioned that fair work decision. Yes, absolutely. Which my conversations with economists today were saying that this is inflationary. This complicates the story for the RBA. And we had ANZ coming out this morning mm -hmm. and increasing its forecast for the terminal rate. Absolutely. Expecting at least one more hike. They said line ball call, but they're Might leaning toward June. Yeah, at June, absolutely. And some commentators saying that they might have to go again. And interesting, I was reading that certain retailers are going to be quite heavily impacted by these wage rises. Not so much the um, consumer staples like mm -hmm. the Woolies and the Coles, but just worth noting that there could be some margin pressures. And with rising rates comes, to your point, pain in a lot of oh, the retail space. Adairs wow. came out with a downgrade. So yeah. that was our stock of the day on the call with mm -hmm. Jim Bailu from Tribeca mm -hmm. and Adam Dawes from Sean Partners. Uh, we'll get it there in just a minute, but, but more so what I think it's worthwhile talking about is think about the retailers that haven't come out with downgrades <laughs> yet. yet. And that's the point. So Junbei put Harvey Norman, you know, she said, watch out yeah. below. So it's amazing mm. to me that even though we knew that the story was changing for Madeira's, we had so much A, buying in COVID yep. for your home and everything else. Yep. Um, but also the slowdown in the housing market, yep. like this is all very well telegraphed. When this downgrade came out, I mean, many were expecting it, but it was the extent of it. And the falls yeah. today were, huge, were brutal. Weren't they? Down yeah. by about 20% at one point, yeah, I think down, down by 15, 16, uh, yeah, yeah, 15%, which, you know, these these are really, really, as you say, brutal. Investors are like, you know, shoot now, sell. Yep. 
And we're seeing it across the retail yeah. space. So Levisa yeah. wears Jumbe, you know, know, it's still one of her Levisa. favorites, was saying it's it's falling in sympathy with all of the rest. Premier Investments yeah. was down significantly yep. this yep. week. Um, and then just we'll get we'll get there in a little bit um, to more of those stock specifics. But um, when you think that things are calming down, don't don't ever think that that's going to last. You know, yeah, we've got the debt ceiling behind us, but we've got OPEC plus this weekend. Absolutely. Um, I was just chatting to ANZ about that. They don't think much is really going to come of it because they've literally just done a cut in production. So it probably is a case that they can't do anything yet. But he said they're very good at jawboning the market. So I guess we'll have to wait and see yeah. what uh, what they all decide to do. The um, frenemies, should I say. <laughs> yeah. Um, Greg met with Jeff from City Index, had a chat with him this morning, and I didn't realize this, and you know, I meant to look into it, but he said that media has actually been banned from the briefing this time. Oh, he said wow. that Bloomberg, Reuters, like all those guys are not allowed in the room really? oh, gosh. Um, when all of these sort of chats and negotiations, we always get vision, you know, of all these guys yeah. sitting, guys, because it is, <laughs> sitting around this big table um, talking, but uh, apparently, uh, yeah, we're not going to get that this time. So Greg met with Jeff, his view all week has been don't trade it into the weekend. Like, sit back. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Wait for the dust to settle. Anyways, all those interviews are up online for you to take uh, take a squiz at this weekend if you so desire. Sectors today, let's just see how big these gains were for some yeah, of these big miners. great rallies there. Both BHP and Rio Tinto up, you know, 2.5% and a bit more. Fortescue, 1.7%. Newcrest um, up almost 4%. So it really was a broad-based rally. Um, and we can see Santos also really strongly bid. And interesting that you're seeing a bit of a recovery there in Whitehaven Coal mm-hmm. because they had been absolutely pummeled, hadn't they, earlier on the week with those coal prices, which had taken a... A, a dive south. So yeah, it really uh, was sort of a yo-yo kind of week, isn't it? Yeah, it? Um, it's a lot of switching still going on, and uh, obviously money coming out of some of those those staples: Woolies, Coles, Metcash, Endeavour, Treasury. Gosh, there's a theme there, isn't there? Yeah, um, Endeavour Group was mentioned on the call as well. Uh, I don't mind giving it away. It was a double buy, so Jumei and Adam seeing value here. They both like it. I just thought I'd give you that. Heads up. And um, yes, CSL weighing on the market today down by eight tenths of a percent. So we started with the really good. We're ending with a little bit of the bad. And yeah, that does include Adair's. Look, it's in the smaller end of the market. So it's not going to you know show up on any top and bottom lists of the 200. But um, yeah, I... I don't know. I just... It's just, yeah, these these stocks, I mean, it'll be, I think this cycle, it's going to be really interesting because if the RBA does have to go two times, Christopher Joy during the week is saying that the um, RBA and the FOI um, documents were even talking 4.8%. Uh, you wonder how some of these retailers are going to survive that. Well, it's interesting. There's a note out by Wilson saying that the April slowdown in Australian retail sales is especially significant given that the month should have benefited from public holiday spending. You know, you had the Easter long weekend, Anzac Day. Um, They reckon that it's just evidence that this cost of living, some say crisis, and the higher interest rates and mortgage lift is actually, you know, really Really buying the legs out of discretionary spending. So their key retail picks, though, are LaVisa, Nick Scali, and baby bunting. Interesting. As I said, <laughs> stock of the day, Adairs. Let's see if we get any bonus buys in here.
Harvey Norman, which would be impacted you know, pretty quickly. And all these other ones, the unis, the city sheiks, the levices, all held up really, really well. They were, you know, they were sort of seen to be bulletproof. So, you know, we, we discounted all the sort of the first line of defence, I guess, if you were, which is the JB Hi-Fi's and the Harvey Normans. But we said, oh, because uni and levisa don't have mortgage stress, the customers aren't worrying about what's going on, you know, they, they should be okay. But really, it's across the board, these consumer discretionary stocks are just getting hit. So I don't think there's anywhere to hide at the moment in that space. There is a downgrade already that's happened in it. So I, yeah, I'd be getting out. I, I think you've got to be pretty ruthless at these stages in this cycle and the part of the cycle with interest rates potentially going up next week. It could be another one or two or three, mm-hmm. you know, happening this year. Um, inflation data came out higher than expected. Still, people are going out to cafes. It doesn't feel like anybody's preparing for what's about to happen. Because retailers, uh, they move very fast. And because of the fixed cost leverage, it can go either way. Now, but um, what's very important is you do not want to hold a mature retailer uh, in this sort of environment because there's nothing else help them to grow except the cycle and consumers not spending. So everything's going against them. Um, and if they don't manage their inventory well, then it can be a very dicey situation because it's all fixed cost. Um, and then you can't clear your inventory, then you have cash problems. So mature retailers, you definitely steer away, um, if not short. Wow, very negative there. And it looks like they're concerned too that people eventually are going to have the wake-up call with the cafes, the eating yeah. out. At the moment, we've got revenge travel. We've got we've got this other thing, revenge concert going. <laughs> Everyone's going to concerts across the globe. I picked up on that, the US as well as Australia. But eventually, the, the kitty's going to be empty, isn't it? <laughs> well, especially here. I hate to say it when concert tickets are like $200, know, $250 Make your way out to Homebush. <laughs> Anyways. I went to a netball game there on the weekend and it was fantastic. Uh, let's bring Shane Oliver from AMP Capital into the conversation. Shane, have you been going out and spending a lot? Are you having big long lunches, you know, a couple hundred dollar tickets? Well, no. Most of the time I'm working at home and so there's no no long lunches, but uh, <laughs> um, very short lunches, in fact. But um, yeah, I do notice a lot of people at cafes and restaurants. I mean, that's that's still uh, well above, I think, pre-COVID levels, and there's still a lot of people travelling. Um, but as you're observing, I mean, that will come to an end at some point, uh, particularly with these ongoing uh, increases in interest rates. Yeah, so Shane, we've had a couple of um, things this week. We've had that inflation read, and I did read what you had to say about it. But also today we had those fair work five and three quarter percent rise in wages. Um, Has that now tipped the scales um, in terms of what you're thinking in terms of the RBA going again next week? It it certainly has. We were thinking that uh, we're at the top or pretty close to it. Obviously, there was still a high risk of hikes, but we've come to the view now that they probably will hike again next week. Uh, we have heard ongoing hawkish commentary from Reserve Bank Governor Lowe at uh, parliamentary-related events, events, our House Economics Committee last week, and of course, um, the Senate this week. He's obviously concerned about wages growth chasing inflation and um, pretty low productivity growth or negative productivity growth lately. So that's that's the background. Then we had that CPI number, which was on the high side. I mean, you could sort of dismiss that to some degree because the monthly CPI is quite volatile. 
um, particularly given that we've also had weaker than expected retail sales, signs that the labour market is slowing down. So all of those things on their own could have been consistent with a, a pause uh, at next week's meeting. But I think the, uh, the the wage decision today is sort of tipped things over the edge. Uh, there's a complication in there in relation to the minimum wage, which you might have been looking at earlier, that uh, the, the change in the award rate that it's it's based on means an effective increase of 8.65% for minimum wage workers, uh, which is quite a big headline number. And that's what you're going to see in a lot of the media over the weekend. We're already starting to see that. I've seen it in various news outlets referring to that. That has an influencing effect over and above the fact that only eight, uh, only 0.7% of the Australian workforce are affected by the minimum wage. Uh, and even if that doesn't have an impact, the 5.75% number, I think, will for award wages. So that's what the Reserve Bank will be worried about, that this will lead to um, an uptick in inflation expectations, people demanding higher wages growth at a time when the labour market's still tight. And therefore, I think they, they will tip over and do another rate hike next week. Like, it's, it's something I don't, I don't feel comfortable about. I think they've probably already done enough um, but the, the, the events of the last week and particularly today's wage decision, I, I think, will probably tip them over the edge. Right. So not really positive in terms of a rate front here in Australia. What about the, the Fed? I mean, obviously, that debt ceiling, as I think you um, were suggesting to, to date, turned into a bit of a non-event. Um, it's been passed mm. in time, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but... Do you think those payroll numbers tonight could tip the Fed into possibly hiking again rather than going on pause? And it looks as though a few of the governors have been uh, sort of debating quite publicly (laughs) what they all think on that front. They certainly have been. I mean, last week, the predominance of Fed speakers were quite hawkish. Uh, This week, uh, we've seen some more dovish commentary or dovish in the sense of pausing. Uh, Jefferson, who was a Fed governor, who's actually the nominated vice chair, so he's quite authoritative in all of this. He was uh, implying that a, a, a pause is the most likely scenario, that the Fed's planning towards a pause. Uh, doesn't necessarily mean that we're at the top, but uh, that seemed to be where he's angling and Harker overnight, something similar. Uh, so that, that's sort of where we are now, and that partly explains why the US share market rallied last night. Of course, we do have the payrolls and they could tip that either way. If we get um, stronger than expected payrolls, as we saw in that so-called ADP uh, private employment survey, then, you know, it, <laughs> all bets might be off and the Fed's back to hiking again in uh, in June. So time will tell on that one. Uh, my bias is towards, you know, a continuing downtrend in payrolls and a slight uptick in unemployment. Um, and the Fed leaving rates on hold just, just to give more time to assess the impact of past rate hikes. But, yeah, it's, there's still a, a significant risk that they will go again, uh, probably not in June at this stage, depending on the payrolls, but but quite possibly in July. Shane, given all that, um, are we due for a June swoon, mm. so to speak, in markets? I mean, how vulnerable are share markets over the next you know few months? Look, I think they're actually quite vulnerable. We, we've gotten through the debt ceiling issue. Uh, yeah, it's almost ended as a non-event. I think people were hoping for a bit more excitement here. Um, they came to a deal. You know, There was an expectation that McCarthy would be tougher given the um, hardcore conservative Republicans behind him in the House. Uh, as it turned out, you know, both of them, McCarthy and Biden, sort of 
um, were, were quite compromising in the negotiations. So that you can argue is a positive sign. But in any case, it is now out of the way, but there will be a withdrawal of liquidity from the US economy as the Fed issues, sorry, the Treasury issues bonds again and put some of that money back into their bank account at the Fed. Uh, there's also a bit of fiscal austerity in there, not a lot, but there's a bit of that. So that's a bit of a downer. Leading indicators for the US economy are still pointing towards recession. Uh, you've got the debt, the the bank issues, which are ongoing. Um, that's another dampener. Uh, the Chinese economic story is mixed, depending on whether you look at the Taishin uh, manufacturing PMI or the official one. It's funny that the private sector PMI was actually stronger than the official one. So <laughs> this old argument, the official numbers were made up, I think is a nonsense, or just highlights that it's a nonsense. But uh, in any case, when you look at those PMIs, the, the key message is that manufacturing is so-so and a lot of the strength is in services, which is sort of okay for Chinese growth, but it doesn't mean a lot of support for commodities generally. Uh, and commodity prices have been swooning over the last few months, which is consistent with slowing demand. Uh, and then, of course, you've got that seasonality, which is quite negative from May. So in May, go away, come back on St. Ledger's Day, which is out there in September sometime. So it, it seems to me like we could go through a bit of a volatile patch. The other thing which I guess concerns me a little bit is that when you look at the US share market, S&P 500, up 10%, I think, year to date, uh, that's good. Problem is that uh, virtually all of it's due to AI-related stocks if you strip them out. Uh, the remainder of the S&P 500 is flat uh, year to date, which is not a good sign in terms of breadth uh, if, if, if we're into a new bull market. So broad picture, I think, is that yeah, we will go through a bit of a, a vulnerable patch. Um, there are some positive signs out there. And uh, one of the big ones, I think, overnight was that fall in Eurozone inflation. And of course, uh, even though there's a lot of noise around the Fed, it does seem to me as if the Fed recognises that it is getting close to the top here in terms of rates. Fantastic, Shane. Well, as always, thank you so much for joining us on a Friday afternoon. Uh, always appreciate your insights and uh, hopefully you have a fabulous weekend. And holiday. Yeah. Uh, yes, off on holiday for two weeks. Oh, enjoy. Enjoy. Break. Yeah, it's uh, going to be odd being away and uh, the RBA announcement. of <laughs> um, uh, Yeah, so I'll have to watch that from afar. Bless you. Thanks to eToro. Let's look at some of the day's leaders and laggards. Let's just see uh, what's on the leaderboard right now. Uh, we did talk about the strength that we saw in commodities in particular. Yep. I mean, it's hard to look past that 2% lift that we saw coming through in um, BHP. Absolutely. Let's get those up on screen, shall we? And I will say I was just taking a look. Um, can we get the strap up? I was just taking a look at... Um, Twitter, I got distracted a little bit, and um, somebody has said, any chance on a, of a comment on the late movements in Telix on oh. the COB? So I did take a look. Uh, Telix shares are um, down. down. Yep, so I went to the ASX. So what Anything we've got there? is a change in director's interest notice. Uh. So Christian Berenbruch, who is the CEO, he has led this company for a long time, if not the founder. Um, so it looks as if he has perhaps offloaded some shares in the company. 
Um, so look, that's that's a little bit of an explanation, a very surface explanation, but I would say that's what we can put it down to because I can't see any other no. news associated with it. And that often happens when you start to see a change in uh, interest coming from directors of the I, company. I always think if people forget that when these, these founders have all their yeah. wealth in a company, they always forget that anybody would sometimes, I'm, I'm, I don't know the reasons, but just as a general comment, sometimes they have to take the risk off the table like yep. we all do. So it's not always the end of the world. I mean, there is blood, sweat and tears that goes into building yeah. um, you know, companies they, of any size from the ground They might up. have to pay some taxes mm. or they might want to go on some revenge travel. Who knows? Yeah, I, I doubt that he is um, extricating himself from the yeah. business in any significant way. Um, some of the other leaders, though, Paladin. So it was a real rocky week for Paladin, as Absolutely. you well know. We heard about part nationalization, nationalization in Namibia. Um, through this week. But look, there were notes coming out saying that this was a massive buying opportunity yep. for Paladin and the shares today up again by about 11%. Absolutely. IDP Education was another big story this week. Yeah, it was. And that just continued to, to get pummeled. But it's, uh, well, it's good to see today for those shareholders. It's up about 6.3%. And eventually these stories, they just get so overdone. Unless there's a real structural problem, a lot of the brokers had said, yeah, there is a hit to earnings. But it's nowhere near the magnitude of these share falls. I mean, it got down to $20 and it had been as high as 32 in January. So a bit like elders, we were discussing yeah. this, um, you know, this, these dislocations in the market are actually throwing up, if you know your company, some really good opportunities. Yeah, IDP really did pick itself up off the mat today, up by 6.6%. So it's amongst the leaders. Uh, as we mentioned, Telix Pharmaceuticals, change in director's notice, interests notice to the ASX down by 6.8%. Levisa down by 2.8%. I feel like we've talked about it a lot. Yeah. Even though Wilson said that Levisa is pick of the bunch, Jimbe Lu agrees. I mean, it's in sympathy that yep. we're seeing these falls coming yep. through because Levisa has not downgraded, but many people yep. would say, yet. So yeah. that's the sentiment that's around the whole retail space there. Brambles, I'm not seeing any news. No, probably it just, you know, it's maybe some rotational activity going on. I think it'd have been quite strong. And also strong. being a bit risk on, you know, yeah. seen so sort of the, defensive now. Yeah, the market has really, really switched into uh, the commodities energy space. And, uh, you know, by virtue of fact of that, they're going to take some money out of some of these sectors and Brainship is regularly traded. So who knows what? Well, I think it there. caught some of the AI wave and maybe there's a little <laughs> bit of um, less enthusiasm there. Although I will note that Appen in the small cap space on is, the AI enthusiasm, yeah. it's up by 14 percent. It's on the next page if we can get there. Appen, one of the best performers in the small to medium cap space. Um, Betmakers this week announced that it would be coming out with um, yeah, a bit of a restructure. Right. Obviously, it's been battered and bruised. Ventura Health, that's an interesting one. Um, I don't, I don't see any news. Uh, it's up by you know, a really solid 16%. Sometimes in these markets, though, when volumes are really low, it doesn't take much. Yeah. But Appen is something like at a... Um, oh, I don't know how many months, like a five or six month high post that uh, equity raising that they had. And of course, it is very much caught the AI yeah. bug. Um, now, I chatted with Gemma Dale from Nabtrade. That's online as well. Um, she said that it was a huge sell for people on yeah. Nabtrade because, you know, many of them have been, it's been a pain trade for them. So, yeah, yeah just getting out while they can. And look, it's uh, Adair's that sticks out to me there. It's Imitemp as well, off by 7.7%. 7 
there's only one thing that's happening overnight. Oh, those payrolls. Yeah. <laughs> Jobs report, I Maybe should say. Like, here's a bit but of trivia for your parties that you will inevitably bring it out at tonight. Um, we're finance nerds. Um, if it beats tonight, it will be the 14th time wow. that the U.S. payrolls report has beat in a row. Like, wow. that's significant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that would make you think yeah. that, you know, what are the chances of it beating again? Who knows? Pretty big. I give up. This 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 last 12 months, it's been really shock and awe. Nobody thought anything would happen and who would have thought, you know, AI would be driving NASDAQ up to the highs that it is in the S&P as well. So I'm just going to wait till it's released tonight, check my Twitter, and then I'll know what to put in the headline for the weekend newsletter <laughs> tomorrow. Yeah, I'm not staying up for this one. No. I'm going to check in the morning. Rebel. Okay, Monday, let's just take a little look. There's not um, anything big corporate that I could find. No, um, we've got OPEC over the weekend. Yeah. And, but again, don't do anything in the run up to that. Um, oh, what have we got? New Zealand markets closed on Monday. We've got some of those impartials feeding into GDP, but of course, Monday will be known as the day before RBA yeah, day. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's RBA Eve, if we can call it that. We've got great guests coming up, though. We've got Anthony Doyle from Firetrail. We've got Joel Fleming from Yara Capital. I'm looking forward to that one. Um, you know, the list is long, so we look forward to seeing you on Monday. Let's just recap the market close today. I've got ASX up about half a percent and it looks like very similar for the SIBO 200, up almost uh, half a percent as well. So Monday and Friday yeah. went a long way for this market because I think for the five trading days, actually I know looking at Reuters Pretty data, flat, aren't we? Uh, just, just down by a tenth of a right, percent. So right. actually, yeah, not, not that too bad. bad. No, no. Well, we hope you have a not too bad weekend. In fact, we hope you have a really good weekend. Absolutely. And uh, everybody have a lovely Friday evening. The COB is brought to you by eToro. Invest in ASX shares with $0 commission.